Hey guys, Grant here. I want to tell you all about my friends at Black Bear Inn and Suites of Gatlinburg who are making it possible to bring this episode to you. As you guys know, I grew up in East Tennessee, and there are two things that all East Tennesseans have in common. We all love the balls, and we all love the Smoky Mountains. Since I've moved to Nashville, I've been unable to get my Smoky Mountain fix in, but thankfully our friends at Black Bear Inn and Suites of downtown Gatlinburg have me covered. They are conveniently located at 1100 Parkway and are within walking distance of all the major attractions and best food that downtown Gatlinburg has to offer. To book your Smoky Mountain getaway today, visit BlackBearGatlinburg.com or call 865-436-5656 or toll free at 1-800-933-0777. Hey y'all, Jordan here. I wanted to tell you about our friends at Three Kings of Cardboard, the go-to spot to upgrade your sports memorabilia collection. Check out their Facebook group and eBay at Three Kings of Cardboard. I have dealt with them personally and will not deal with anybody else. My favorite item is my Jalen Wright one-of-one Bowman U Super Fractor that they pulled me. Check out our friends at Three Kings of Cardboard today. Welcome into this episode of the Ballin' Out Podcast. My name is Grant Williams, and joining me just as he does each and every time here on the program, I have got Jordan Mountcastle with me. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm good. We've got a little bit of a special show going on today, don't we? Oh, special, you say? Special, man. Mr. Richard Dale Barnes got his 800th career victory on Saturday night. Man, Ricky Dale's whooped a lot of ass in his day. Man, he sure has. Ricky Dale's been in full effect 800 different times throughout his career. So (laughs) it's good to see that we're able to celebrate this wonderful man we get to call the head coach of the Volunteers that we both love. Without further ado, man, how about we just jump right on in and just start talking about Rick throughout his entire career? Let's do it, son. Both feet first. Let's do it. Richard Dale Barnes was born in Hickory, North Carolina on July 17th, 1954. He is currently 69 years old. Rick played his college basketball at Lenore Rhine from 1974 to 1977. Richard Dale Barnes was inducted into the Lenore Ryan Sports Hall of Fame in 2002, and Barnes was also inducted into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame in April of 2023. Woo-wee! He started early, son. Look at, and look at, it. Look at him, dude. Uh, he's got just all kinds of drip. That pitcher just screams, Mr. Steel, yo, girl. Dude, it does. Like, he's got color in his hair. His hair looks good. He's got, got that, he's got that chain going. Number 20, got those muscles going, man. Mr. Steel Yo Girl is Rick Barnes. Like, all that's missing out of this is the hamburger meat poking out of the top. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you know, I wonder if Candy Barnes, that's her name, right? Candy? Yeah, Miss Candy. I wonder if Miss Candy was dating somebody else when she was at the University of Tennessee and Rick turned into Mr. Steel Yo Girl. I bet, dude, I bet she was. If she was, she's not now. What then that either? <laughs> yeah, well, she, hey, she got all that money now. She don't got to worry about it. Right. Rick is an assistant coach, and he had quite a few stops. Um, His first one was at North State Academy in 1977 through 1978, only stayed one season. I don't know anything about North Academy State. I couldn't find anything on Google Forum. There's no Wikipedia page, so I'm not sure if that's like a prep school or if the school's just non-existent anymore, but that's all we got right there. You know, when I was kind of looking into that, too, I I I do think it was a prep school. That sounds right. I think that's what I've heard before in the past. Um, After his one year at North Academy State, he went on to Davidson for two years, 1978 through 1980. George Mason, 1980 through 1985. Alabama Crimson Tide, 1985 through 1986. Then his final stop as an assistant coach was Ohio State 
and he was with the Buckeyes 1986 to 1987. Man, those are good basketball schools uh, perennially. Like, yeah, I mean, Davidson, look, George Mason, Bama, you know, I mean, solid schools. Yeah, I mean, you know, Davidson, they had Steph Curry. They weren't great back in the day, but they weren't an embarrassment by any means. George Mason, we all know what they did. I think it was like 2003 or 2004 when they went to that Final Four, but they've not always been bad. Alabama, I mean, they were really good in the 80s kind of fell off in the 90s 2010 through 2010s hired Nate Oates and look at where they are now and then Ohio State's always been good man yeah Ohio State's been consistent they're not always you know you're in the top tier you know national championship contender but they're good enough they're good for one every 10 to 12 years Thad Mata had them rolling there for a while though Man, they, he sure did. He sure did. I mean, like they had Greg Oden and Mike Conley. I mean, I can I can talk about old college basketball players all day long. We're here to talk about Rick Barnes, though. But that's right. And I can talk about old school ball players all day long and be just happy. Moving on to the next one, Rick got his first head coaching job at George Mason in 1987 and only coached the Patriots for one season, which was 87 to 88. In a single season with the Patriots, they went 20 and 10 for a 667 win percentage and tied for second place in the Colonial Athletic Association with a conference record of nine and five, 643 win percentage. Man, all he does is win, but look at him in that picture, dude. He's like a cat ready to pounce on a ref. Well, man, like, what did we decide? He was like 33, 34 years old in that picture right there. Like, that's yeah. over half of his life ago at this point. Just think he, about that. He's still wet behind the ears, man. Well, and he, you know, at that point too, man, he wasn't thinking about coaching Grant Williams or Kevin Durant or Dalton Connect. He was just worried about what was going on at Providence right there. And he was like, hey, I've got a pretty cool life. I'm a head, head basketball coach in the NCAA. And right. He didn't realize right then and there that he was going to have 800 career victories. Like, I think if you asked that version of Rick Barnes, he would have never guessed that to happen. No, no. Who, who really does, though? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, like, nobody thinks about stuff like that, man. Like, you don't think about how far you're going to go at the end. You just think about where you are currently. Right. Moving on to the next one. After his single season with George Mason, Rick takes over as the head man for the Providence Friars. In his six seasons with the Friars, uh, 1988 to 1994, Rick had a record of 108 to 76 with a 587 win percentage. Kind of crazy to think on that, man. I was born in 94, so... Rick moved to the power conferences. Well, he was in a power conference. They were in the Big East, but he really moved into the power conferences the year I was born. And it's just kind of crazy to think about, man. Yeah, that's wild, man. I mean, I was only born a year later. 89. Or what, that, yeah. Then he started, you know? Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about, man. <laughs> it is, dude. Like, I mean, we were. I'm his age when he started coaching. Yeah, I'm close to it, man. I, I should be an assistant coach at like Alabama right now if we're going on the same track of him. Hey, being under that Nate Oates tree, buddy, that'd be a good one. Um, you know, money, money, money. You know what though? I got one question. What are the friars uh, frying? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know what the <laughs> hell a fryer even is, honestly. I think it's kind of like a Quaker. Yeah, I, I'll figure that out before we end the show today to drop to everybody on there. Because there I, we go. I think a lot of people don't know what a fryer is. Um, the Volunau boys be on it. 
We always are, man. We always are. The Friars made the NCAA tournament three times under Barnes and finished as high as tied for fourth in the Big East Conference with a record of 47 and 55 for a 461 win percentage during his time with the Friars. A couple things stand out to me on this, man. I don't want to say this was his worst stop, but it kind of is if you look at it. Like the win percentage wasn't really that high. But everybody knew what you had and that young man standing right there. Oh, yeah, man. Well, you know, too, and looking at it that during that time frame, uh, we've discussed it before. Back in the 80s, 90s, Big East was where it was at. That's where the big boys played. Yeah. I mean, man, you, you think about it. You had Georgetown. Uh, you had uh, Villanova. I mean, Syracuse was in the Big East back then. Lots of really good teams that he was playing against. And so that's why it was what it was. And Providence has never been a powerhouse per se either. They've always been, they've been consistent. They've been just good enough. Yeah, just good enough to give you, give you some trouble. Been good. Had a couple of teams a little bit better than just good enough, but they've always been kind of middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how it has been for them uh, during their time in the NCAA. Moving on to his next stop. After six seasons with Providence, Rick takes the job at Clemson. During Rick's four seasons with the Clemson Tigers, 1994 to 1998, the Tigers had a record of 74 and 48, 607 win percentage. Much better on this one right here. Absolutely. And I would argue... That about that time was probably when the ACC really started to hit its peak. Started well, to. You had Dean Smith rolling at North Carolina, Coach K rolling at Duke. I mean, you had so many different things going on in the ACC at that time as well. I mean, Louisville was good back then. I mean, you you can name teams from the ACC that were good, solid programs, and Rick was fighting with every single one of them. I'm going to argue this though. I want to say Louisville was in the Big East. They may have been. Back in the day, I want to say they were. Louisville, West Virginia, teams like that, Big East teams. I don't think West Virginia joined until 2000, and then they left when it folded for the first time. But we'll have to look into that and see yeah, right yeah, there. It don't, I don't know. Not, that's neither here nor, here nor there. Yeah, we're well, it's just a beautiful man right there. Well, we're just talking college hoops right now, man. We're just taking a trip down memory lane. That's all this is. Look at the pin daddy um, loafers he's got, though. Dude, right? The drip right there. He he was the original slick suit. He was, man. He like Ric Flair had nothing on this man. None at all, man. Woo! Uh, <laughs> the Tigers made the NCAA tournament three times under Barnes with one sweet 16 appearance. The Tigers finished as high as fourth place in the ACC with a record of 28 and 36 for a 438 win percentage. Still not bad considering it's Clemson. Well, exactly. I mean, what what has Clemson done since he's left? Not a damn thing. Yeah, like they were a good team last year or two years ago. I can't remember which year it was. But since then, they've not really done a whole lot. And I bet you they'd love to have that man back right there, you know. But, hey, here's one thing I'm going to say on this, too. What do you think Rick Barnes' favorite color is? Oh, it's got to be orange. Has to be. Clemson, Texas, Tennessee. He's had He's worn orange on the sidelines for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, Love he's, it. Got a, he's got a great color wheel. He does, man, but Patom 151C is the best version of that color. Won't even argue it. Man, moving on to the biggest stop in his career. Um, after four seasons with Clemson, Rick Barnes moves on to Texas. During Rick's 17 seasons in Austin, 
the Longhorns went 402 and 180 for a Ooh. 691 win percentage. Those 17 seasons were 1998 to 2015. Man, I, I knew they were really good while he was there. I did not realize they were that good. This is where I first remember Rick Barnes. Obviously, I'm too young to remember him at Clemson. Wasn't even born whenever he was, you know, at the other stops. But I remember watching those Rick Barnes teams and just being like, man, they play solid defense. They've got really good guard play. Big men are kind of hit or miss each year. But I remember watching those teams because he went up against Tennessee quite a bit with Bruce Pearl being in Knoxville as well. Oh, dude, that was one of those games. That was that one game with uh, that man right there and Chris Lofton, dude. That was one of the best Tennessee basketball games I've ever watched. It was the loudest I have ever heard Thompson Bowling Arena in my entire life was that game right there. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching it, and then Lofton gets that shot off over DeBrant, and it was like, oh, my God. Well, and that was, I mean, man, that was every bit of a 35-footer that Lofton pulled up over Durant right there. But, man, it you know, we we can sit here and we can say who's the best player that Rick Barnes has ever coached. It's not even it's not even a debate. The debate is take Kevin Durant out of it because that man right there is a top fifteen player to ever touch a basketball. No questions asked. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Texas made the NCAA tournament sixteen times under Rick and won Final Four and won multiple Big Twelve titles. Um, and they had a conference record with Rick Barnes of one hundred and eighty six to ninety four for a six six four win percentage. Man. That's do crazy. you think? Do you think that Texas ever wishes they wouldn't have moved on from Rick, especially uh, after what he's done in Knoxville? Absolutely. Yeah, like I, I remember back in that team that we had uh, the eighteen nineteen season. So Grant and Admiral Lamonte, Jordan Bone, Jordan Bowden, all those guys. There was a sign that somebody was holding up. It was like Kansas State or Kansas. I can't remember but had a picture of Rick Barnes and they were playing Texas and they held it up. Miss me yet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like how, how can you let a guy like that go, man? They like, I get it. You get tired of, you know, the same things every year, but at the same, at the same time, man, that consistency is hard to find. His track record has been proven everywhere he's went. And honestly, has let's say, let's say he does, he takes a better job or gets a better job than Providence or Clemson. This eight, we're not, we don't have the opportunity to do that 800 win, this 800 win special because he's done probably reached it. If he, if he goes to a more prominent basketball school, if he goes to Texas earlier, he gets to Knoxville earlier, he's hit it and he's probably at 900. I mean, if you're, if you're at a big time school and a big time conference, you're able to do that. Um, one thing with Rick Barnes too, and why Texas moved on from him, man, doing my research before we jumped on this, they were fed up that they didn't make the Sweet 16 for seven years, and so they chose to move on from him. Oh, give me a break, man. Come on now. Like, like, I can understand that you don't make the Sweet 16 for seven years, and you're upset because Tennessee fans would be as well. And, I mean, Tennessee fans are upset that in nine years you've only made the Sweet, sweet 16 twice. I, it's yeah. basketball, though. Right. I get it. Basketball, basketball and football, man, like, obviously are apples and oranges. But – basketball man it literally comes down to one game yeah whether you're going home or not well and so i i'm gonna sit here for a second i'm not trying to rewrite the ncaa tournament i'm not trying to do that at all don't think that 
a better format would be a best of three or a best of five or a best of seven, but then you miss out on all the upsets and everything like that. And you don't want to miss out on that because that's what makes college basketball such a great product is being able to have all of those different things. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like that. The, and then the thing about that is to, to, to dive into that a little bit more, that's a fantastic idea. But like you say, you miss out on the, on all the upsets, but how are you going to, are you how, how would you configure that tournament? You take you would the, have to do sixteen. That's yeah. that's the most you could do with it, and then you'd have to say, okay, play a best of three, and then you play, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or you play Every Monday, day, Wednesday, something. Friday, something yeah. like that. That's why the games would be set up on that. But if there was a format like that in place while Rick Barnes was at Texas, or the formats in place now, Rick Barnes would have already won a national championship. Multiple. Unfortunately, and fortunately at the same time, that format's not there, so we don't have to worry about that. But it's just still something to kind of think about because I think that if you did have a format like that, or if he went on to a different league where he could have a format like that in a playoff system, whether it be at the NBA G league or overseas, I think Rick would have a championship at that point. Sure. Absolutely. And you know, again, to kind of go back to his prior stops too, man, he's had to build everywhere he's been. Yeah. You know, and that takes time. That that's good. That, you know, say he has, like I say, he goes to a, a prominent school where basketball is king He's probably sitting at 850, and that's being very conservative with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, man, so here's something funny to think about right here for just a second. Rick had no building to do at Texas. Their first year at Texas was the only year his entire time at Texas where he won the Big 12 outright. Really? Yeah, I thought that was kind of crazy, too. In his first year, they went 19-13, and 13-3 and three in conference, and finished first place in the conference, but then lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Wow. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't have either, man. I mean, and then diving into what he did at Texas. One Final Four, multiple Sweet 16s, made the Elite Eight twice. I mean, it, the, what he did there, man, it's crazy that they thought it was a good idea to move on from him. But on March 29th, 2015, Texas fires Rick Barnes. On March 31st, 2015, Tennessee hires Rick Barnes as the next men's basketball head coach. During Rick's time in Knoxville, which is 2015 through present, the Volunteers have went 196 and 98 for a 667 win percentage. And the Vols have made the NCAA tournament five consecutive times under Barnes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. buddy. Like that's just, that's wild, man. I, but as soon as Texas fired him and I knew Tennessee had that job opening, no questions asked, get that man in Knoxville. That was the first thing I said. Oh man. I remember I was 21 years old. Then I just turned 21 about a month before that. And I was working at Jets Pizza in Farragut. So shout out to all my friends over there at Jets. This is not a paid endorsement, but they do have some of the best pizza in Knoxville. But me and my buddy Gabe were working over there. And it was the day that Rick was hired. And we're we're in the kitchen. We're folding boxes, you know, cutting prep and all of that. We were like, this is the dream hire for Tennessee. Because you look at what Tennessee did. You fired Bruce Pearl in 2011. You had... Conzo Martin for three years. He took you to a Sweet 16. Then he bolted to get to California because he knew he was going to get fired the next year. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about that. 
he would have been fired after his fourth year. So it was time for him to move on. And it was the best thing that could have happened to us. And honestly, I'm not saying I wanted to keep Donnie Tyndall, but if Donnie Tyndall would have been able to stay in Knoxville, he would have been a really good coach too, I think. He did a lot with that team that he had, but there was nothing there for Rick when he got to Knoxville. I mean, like diving into it, man, in the first season of Rick at Tennessee, 15 and 19, 6 and 12 in the SEC, finished 12th place. Yeah. Second season, 16 and 16, 8 and 10 in conference, tied ninth. Progress. Progress. Yeah. Well, then your third year, that's when things really, really took off. 26 and 19, 13 and 5, finished with the regular season title for the SEC made your first NCAA tournament appearance under Rick and made it to the round of 32. That was also the team that was picked to finish 13th in the SEC. Yes. And they finished first. Yes. That meant that that's something that was what made me really feel like Tennessee made that the, the correct hire after that, because I mean, you've seen the progress of those first couple of years. And then that third year, Rick teaches Rick, Ricky Dale's got a way of teaching cohesiveness and getting his team to getting his team together and ready to play for the most part. Now, you know, he's like every other coach. There's going to be games and there's been games throughout the whole time he's been here where they've come out and just looked flat and uninterested. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens to the best of them. It happens to Calipari. It happens to, you know, Izzo. It, it just happens. But yeah, more it times to coach than not, K, who's the GOAT. Yeah, but more times than not, man, you know what you're getting when you hire Ricky Dale. The Silver so you're Fox. Getting- you're getting one of not only are you getting well, I'll save this for later because I do have something prepared for this. All right. Moving on. During Rick's time in Knoxville, the volunteers have went 97 and 59 with a with with one regular season SEC title in 2018 and one SEC tournament title in 2022. During that time, Tennessee has had a 662 win percentage in SEC play. The Vols have made the Sweet 16 twice under Rick Barnes, and the Volunteers have reached the second-ever number one overall AP ranking in 2019. Man, that's crazy. That's just wild to think, dude. Well, Tennessee got blessed by hiring Rick Barnes. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who just does everything the right way. It's what it comes down to, man. I mean, he's a good man. He's had great kids in the program, and – the next pictures I, I've put in here for everybody to kind of look at just while we're talking and reminiscing on Rick Barnes has to do with the best players he's brought to Knoxville. And not only are these players good people, oh, well, they're good athletes, but they're better people. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, to touch on for just a minute too, that number one ranking, you know, they were ranked number one for four consecutive weeks in both major polls. Never happened before at Tennessee. I mean, you only had the number one ranking one time under Bruce Pearl, and you pissed that away after a awful game at Memorial Gym and at Vanderbilt. Right. And then, you know, the 2018-2019 season, that was a that was probably his best season, I would say, depending on how this one goes this year. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to top that with anything he does at Tennessee, but the opportunity is there to do it in March. Well, okay, so that 2018-2019 season – First time in program history, the Vols were ranked all year long. School record 19-game winning streak, son. He's like yeah, DJ Khaled, bro. All he does is win. 
win, 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 no matter what. what? <laughs> I mean, but, you know, just dude, we are just we're too blessed, and I feel like a lot of people underappreciate him, especially whenever it get whenever we have Tennessee goes out and has a bad game, or just in general. I, I guess it's just the way the fan base, though. You know what I mean? And well, we're, and we're both guilty of that. We are, and I, I've been really guilty on some stuff with Rick Barnes before in the past. I mean, I've not been happy with how some of the teams have competed and how they fared against top-tier programs. I mean, it just is what it is. But yeah. at the end of the day, we've got a great man who recruits great kids to the school. Rick does a lot for the community in East Tennessee. He's going out, Boys and Girls Club, Emerald Youth Foundation, He's doing the things that Bruce Pearl would have never done. And I love Bruce. I'm not saying anything bad about Bruce, but that's not what Bruce was about. Bruce was about himself and basketball and building it to what it is. And we have, I think we have a lot to thank Bruce Pearl for, for where Tennessee is right now, because he came in and proved in his short five years with the volunteers, Hey, you can turn this place into a winner. You can pack it out. You can get 21,000 strong in there every single week. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, Rick without Bruce, here, wasn't yeah, for that. yeah, without Bruce, we don't, ha- we're not where we're at. That's, you know, it's not, we're not slamming him. That's just the way it is though. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing that Will West said on the radio today, honestly, talking about the same thing that the conversation was brought up Rick versus Bruce, which there is a game on Wednesday at the food city center against the two. If you guys have not got to listen to the episode we released on uh, yesterday, make sure you check it out. Yeah. Now, this is something that uh, Will West said, and I like what he said. Bruce was a winner with certain teams. Rick built a program where Bruce just built teams. This is true. Rick builds programs. Nine years, you can cap this off with 200 wins this season, which will happen. Then look at where you're at. I mean, you you could be talking about the greatest stretch in Tennessee basketball history just, I mean, it's it's crazy to think about, man. It really, really is. It, it true, yeah, it truly is, man. I mean, he, we're in the midst of the of the greatest stretch of it. I mean, from now, from 2017 to now, he's won 144 conference games. Like, come on now, and then, five, or yeah, actually 144 games. That's crazy, man. Five straight tourney appearances, like you mentioned. Um, he's had seven NBA draft picks. He's had four one and duns here, like. You could, uh, what more can you ask? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you on that right there. And like just breaking down the years that he's had at Tennessee as well. First two years were not good 15 and 19, 16 and 16. Year three is really where it came together with that 26 and nine record right there. Year four, 31 six. Like, man, that, that was one of my favorite years ever of being a Tennessee fan in anything. Yeah. How that team made me feel that year was how the 22 football team tried to make me feel. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I still can't compare the two, but I'm taking the 2018-2019 team over any team I've ever seen in my life wear orange and white. Next, I mean, 17 and 14, that was not a really good year, but you lost everything from that team. Grant and Admiral, Bone. Lamonte retired midseason because of an injury. Kyle Alexander was gone. I mean, you lost everything. Jordan Bowden was the world's best fifth option, world's worst first option. Yeah. And you had Santiago Vescovi on that team as well, and Josiah Jordan James. 
2020 to 21, 18 and nine, lost in the first round of the tournament is what it is on that one. 21 22, man, one of my favorite memories ever of being a Tennessee fan was winning the conference tournament championship in Tampa. And you went 27 and eight that year, 14 and four in conference, finished conference tied second. Uh, last season, 25 and 11, 11 and seven in conference, tied four, made it to the Sweet 16. This year, currently sitting at 21 and six, 11 and three in conference to be determined on where the seating stands, but you're going to finish on the top four. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're not, Tennessee's not going to finish any lower than top three this year, is what I think. But I mean, they're, I think top four is a lock, unless it's a yeah. total meltdown. And I don't see that happening. I mean, if you lose the next four games, that's the only way it can happen if you drop all four of them. So that'd be something to think about right there. But, man, I want us to do a little bit of a special version of Start Bench Cut for Richard Dale Barnes. I'm never going to play with you, man. I am all about this right here. (laughs) You ready for it? Let's hit it. All right. Give me your top moment of Rick's career at Tennessee. Start bench cut, SEC regular season champs, number one ranking, SEC tournament title. Ooh, SEC tournament title, regular season ch- start, SEC tournament title, bench, regular season champs, cut number one. I mean, we we held it for four weeks. It was great while it lasted, but you know, don't really have much to show for it. Yeah, well, you don't have anything to show for it if we're being realistic when it comes to that right there. I'm going to start the SEC tournament title. I mean, I'm wearing the hat today just for that right there. That was my favorite moment in my lifetime being a Tennessee fan for multiple reasons. One, I'm not old enough to remember 1998, so I don't remember what the football team did. If it wasn't for Pat Summit, I would have never seen a team win any sort of a championship in my lifetime. Rick Barnes changed that back in 2022 and said, hey, it's not a national championship, but Grant, you've been a good fan for a long time. Let me get you an SEC tournament title. And I I remember I was dating this girl at the time, and I was at her house watching that game. And she was asleep on the couch. And it was like 15, like like maybe like 15 minutes into the second half, so like five minutes left in the game. And I just let out like this primal scream. Like, ah! Like, I was so excited, dude. Like, it, uh, it woke her up. She's like, what What the hell are you doing? I'm like, hey, I've never seen this before. I've waited my whole life for this moment. Shut up and let me enjoy it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. Uh, best player that he's coached at Tennessee. Start bench cut. Grant Dalton. Wild card right here. Kennedy Chandler. Oh, man. Actually, take Kennedy off. Put Zakai up there. Zakai. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm going to go with Zakai. Zakai, I'm gonna start Zakai. I like it, man. I like I like the kid. I'm gonna start Zakai. I'm gonna bench Dalton. I'm gonna cut Admiral. You're gonna cut Grant? You mean Grant? Grant. I'm sorry. I thought it was Admiral. No, no, no. It was Grant. Man, I'm gonna start Dalton. Just I, I I've said it on this show. I think he's the greatest player Tennessee's ever had. He's at least so. having the greatest single season that Tennessee players ever had. Let me put it that way. Sure. And it's because of Rick. I mean, Rick has came in, taught him how to do things differently, and he's done a great job. I'm going to bench Grant, and I'm going to cut Zakai. Oh, oh, man, that's so that's so tough either which way. I mean, hell, I'm wearing number five today, too, but that's for Admiral Schofield on this one. Man, that's that, uh, that, that hurts my heart, man. 
I, it hurts I, my I, heart too. Let me explain my my reasoning though. I look at the body of work. Zakai's been here. He's put he's put in the work, and you've seen him grow over three years. Dalton, we've got, Dalton. I think he's had it in him all everywhere he's been. He's got the coaching to bring it out in him. It Rick tapped into the untapped potential. Um, you know, Grant. I mean, I like Grant, but. I like watching. I like Zakai. I like his speed. I like the way he plays the game. It's fun to watch. Grant was just very. I don't want to say it. He was boring to watch, though. He was fundamentally sound, almost to a almost to a point to where it's just like he's a robot out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was a hell of a player. There's not a there's not a wrong order to that. There's really not a wrong order to any of these. But that one in particular, Zakai's my dude. Well, so. If- Man, it's kind of crazy to think about it this way, but if it's in a different, if, if the question's worded differently, who's your favorite player? Zakai's the start easy for me. Right. I'm going to bench Grant and I'm going to cut Dalton just because what Grant did, man. I mean, two time SEC player of the year. I mean, just what he did. I mean, he helped bring Tennessee basketball back. That's what I love about Grant so much. Not that we share the same name, but he was the sound, fundamental piece to get Tennessee where they are today. And without Grant and Admiral, Tennessee would not be where they are right now. This is true. And our boy there, Grant's getting some uh, getting some some love from Draymond in the NBA these days. Yeah, I mean, he's having a tough time over in uh, Charlotte right now with running his mouth. I mean, he got him kicked out of Dallas. But, hey, he's playing good ball in Charlotte right now. He really, can, really good ball. He can talk like the they've won, and he can walk the walk. Well, they've won every single game since he's been on the team. I mean, it's just kind of crazy to think about on that right here. So... Last one right here. Best player he coached at Texas. That's not named Kevin Durant because that's the obvious start for anybody. Start bench cut, TJ Ford, PJ Tucker, Tristan Thompson. I'm going to start TJ Ford. I'm going to go with my bench as Tristan Thompson. I don't care that he dated a Kardashian. That's his dumb mistake. (laughs) He can still play ball. Um, And then I'm going to cut PJ Tucker. So doesn't make good radio, but carbon copy on that. TJ Ford was one of my favorite players ever to play in college basketball. Like, what was that, that video game ESPN College Hoops back in the day? Yeah, He was on the cover of, oh my God, dude. I used to play that game unlike anything else you've ever seen. I would literally rush home from school, get on the original Xbox, fire that thing up, and just roll for hours until my mom would yell at me over it. Dude, those ESPN games were awesome. Literally the best sports series of video games by far. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know who made those? It was 2K. Yeah. Yeah. They need to bring them back. Well, they need to bring us back out on college football and all of that. But man. Start that movement. Love you, Richard Dale Barnes. Thank you for everything you have done for the University of Tennessee. Continue to keep it rolling. I mean, there was a segment on the Sports Source yesterday in Knoxville. If you guys have not got to watch it, go watch it. We talked about it. How much more longer is Rick Barnes going to do this? And I think it was Bob Hodge that said, I think we've got another four to five years out of Rick Barnes. It would be a pleasure to have him for that much longer. He has brought stability to the program that we have not ever had. He's going to cap off the winningest stretch in Tennessee basketball history on March 9th against Kentucky and get his 200th win. I'm calling it right now to make that not just 
to get his 200th win. That also then turns into one of the biggest games in program history going into that one, if you can get it, because you can cap off the greatest stretch you've ever had against your biggest rival. With one of your best group of seniors. Yeah. I mean, well, Santiago Vescovi and Josiah Jordan-James, I mean, those guys have done so much for you. Dalton Connect, I mean, we'll we'll toss him in on that too, but he's not he's not really a Tennessee senior. He's a one year rental at the end of the day. Right. But he'll end up but but you can just tell the way the kid talks, dude. He's gonna be VFL. Oh, man, whenever he's whenever he's not selected to the all star team next year, but he's in the Rising Stars Challenge, he's gonna get a little bit of a break and he's gonna come back to Knoxville for a game at the Food City Center. Man, that place is going to explode. Yes. I cannot wait on it, man. But Jordan, I think we have covered anything and everything that has to do with Richard Dale Barnes. What do you think that we listen to what he had to say about getting his 800th career victory and then close it out after that? Let's hear Ricky Dale. Did you say anything about your 800th win? Put it in perspective. What, what does it mean? Yeah, you know what, Rob, it's, it's really the motto with our program. It's, it's not about me, and uh, God has truly blessed me with players and coaches and administrations and just a, a, certainly a family that has been with me every step of the way and um, been doing it a long time, obviously, but uh, I'm just thankful, blessed of, um, and I do know this, that every time that I thought I could do it on my own, it didn't work, and I just thank God for looking out for me through the years because there's times that I really messed it up, and I appreciate him not quitting on me and keeping me where I needed to be. And But I'm really thankful to the players. I know what grind they put in it every day, and our coaches and people, our program, and I've just been blessed again with having a chance to be around so many wonderful people. And that is what Rick Barnes had to say after the Texas A&M game, getting his 800th win. What I like most is it's not about him. He has made that mantra his thing since he's been in Knoxville. It's about the players. It's about the T. It's not about him. And he's the humblest guy there is in the game. He's always made it about him everywhere he's been. That's uh, He's a player's coach. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's there's one thing on this too, man, that I will bring up before we close this out here. A lot of people are like, oh, his style of coaching doesn't work in the game anymore, this, that, and the other. Those kids love him. Yeah. It's not just that they like him. They love him. They, and, they love and respect that guy. And when you get kids that love and respect you, they will run through a brick wall for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just crazy, man. Like, you know, he coaches them hard. He coaches them very, very hard. It's no question on that. Absolutely. And and get results. You do. You do. And that's why I think people have started, especially now, it's impressive, too, that, man, he's been coaching for as long as he has. And he don't miss a beat recruiting his work because his body of work speaks for itself. Well, and it's not even just that, man. He doesn't. He's never had any issues anywhere he's been. Never been on NCAA probation. None of that. Like, I mean, just talk about a great guy. Like, that that's why I wanted us to do this. You and I both wanted us to do this, make this a standalone episode, because we could have talked about this for 10 minutes on the previous episode we released. But it doesn't worth, do the man justice. It does not. It does not. He's worth every bit of this 40, 42-minute show. Ain't that the truth, man. Well, 
As always, make sure you guys like, rate, subscribe. It helps us out more than you know. We are on the race to 100 followers on YouTube. Help us get there. We're going to do a giveaway, something a little special for you guys when we get there. So be on the lookout on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for details on that. Um, but as always, man, uh, go Vols. Beat the Tigers on Wednesday. Um, massive, massive, massive game at the Food City Center on Wednesday. Make sure you guys tune in for that one, 7 Eastern. I believe that is on ESPN as well. So just make sure you guys are on the lookout for that. But as always, man, go Vols. Go Vols. And hey, one thing on the YouTube, you guys put your favorite Ricky Dale, Ricky Dale Barnes moments on there under this. Yeah, we, we want to interact with everybody. What's been your favorite moment that Rick Barnes has had at Tennessee? Yes, so. let's hear it. Do that, guys. Please tweet it at us. Put it on YouTube. Anything like that. Leave it in the comments. Anything. But as always, go Vols. Go Vols. This episode of the Vol and Out podcast has been brought to you by our friends at Peace of Mind Enterprises. From construction, home remodel, down to general handyman services, Peace of Mind has you covered. All technicians are licensed and insured, servicing East Tennessee with 30-plus years of experience. Call 865-202-7167 for a free estimate because nothing beats having peace of mind. If you're looking for the perfect Smoky Mountain vacation, Mountain Romance is your cozy romantic getaway. Starting at $129 per night, you get two bedrooms, two full baths, and this beautiful cabin will sleep up to six people. With an amazing mountain view, fire pit, pool table, and hot tub, this place has it all and is located within minutes of downtown Gatlinburg. To inquire, go to Airbnb and search for Mountain Romance or email bearslayer2021 at gmail.com.